Letter twenty seven of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three, by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty seven. Miss Howe to Miss Clarissa Harlowe, Saturday, April 15th. Though pretty much pressed in time and depressed by my mother's watchfulness, I will write a few lines upon the new light that has broken in upon your gentleman and send it by a particular hand. I know not what to think of him upon it. He talks well, but judge him by rose lines. He is certainly a dissembler odious as the sin of hypocrisy and as he says that other of ingratitude are to him and pray my dear let me ask could he have triumphed as it is said he has done over so many of our sex had he not been egregiously guilty of both sins his ingenuousness is the thing that staggers me yet he is cunning enough to know that whoever accuses him first blunts the edge of an adversary's accusation he is certainly a man of sense there is more hope of such a one than a fool and there must be a beginning to a reformation these i will allow in his favour but this that follows i think is the only way to judge of his specious confessions and self-accusations does he confess anything that you knew not before or that you are not likely to find out from others if nothing else what does he confess to his own disadvantage you have heard of his jewels you have heard of his seductions all the world has he owns therefore what it would be to no purpose to conceal and his ingenuousness is a salvo why this madam is no more than mr lovelace himself acknowledges well but what is now to be done you must make the best of your situation and as you say so he has proposed to you of windsor and his canon's house his readiness to leave you and go himself in quest of a lodging likewise looks well and i think there is nothing can be so properly done as whether you get to a canon's house or not that the canon should join you together in wedlock as soon as possible i much approve however of all your cautions of all your vigilance and of everything you have done but of your meeting him yet in my disapprobation of that i judge by that event only for who would have divined it would have been concluded as it did but he is the devil by his own account and had he run away with the wretched solmes and your more wretched brother and himself been transported for life he should have had my free consent for all three what use does he make of that joseph leman his ingenuousness i must more than once say confounds me but if my dear you can forgive your brother for the part he put that fellow upon acting I don't know whether you ought to be angry at Lovelace Yet I have wished fifty times since Lovelace got you away that you were rid of him Whether it were by a burning fever by hanging by drowning or by a broken neck 
provided it would be before he laid you under a necessity to go into mourning for him. I repeat my hitherto rejected offer. May I send it safely by your old man? I have reasons for not sending it by Hickman's servant, unless I had a banknote. Inquiring for such may cause distrust. My mother is so busy, so inquisitive. I don't love suspicious tempers. And here she is continually in and out. I must break off. Mr. Hickman begs his most respectful compliments to you, with offers of his services. I told him I would oblige him, because minds in trouble take kindly anybody's civilities, but that he was not to imagine that he particularly obliged me by this, since I should think the man or woman either blind or stupid, who admired not a person of your exalted merit for your own sake, and wished not to serve you without view to other reward than the honour of serving you. To be sure, that was his principal motive. With great daintiness, he said it. But with a kiss of his hand and a bow to my feet, he hoped that a fine lady's being my friend did not lessen the merit of the reverence he really had for her. Believe me ever what you, my dear, shall ever find me, your faithful and affectionate Anna Howe. End of Letter 27